Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. I want to get right to the news about Brittany Griner. The WNBA star was sentenced to nine years in prison by a Russian court earlier today. Obviously, we've been preparing for this day, but there's nothing like preparing when it's still so jarring. I've never meant to hurt anybody. I never meant to put in jeopardy the rest of the population. I never meant to break any laws here. We're going to go out and play this game, but like, how can we have our focus on this game? Um, it's just such an emotional day for us. Tonight, members of the Connecticut Sun join our colleagues on the Phoenix Mercury at half court for 42 seconds. Brittany Griner's jersey number to recognize the gravity of the moment and collectively send her strength. If we come out here and we're still supposed to play this game, nobody wanted to even play today. How can you? How are you supposed to approach the game, approach the court, and, and, and with a clear mind? And the whole group is crying before the game because you try to honor her. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling, that it doesn't end my life here. That was Brittany Griner on Thursday, just before a verdict was handed down. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. The nine-year sentence Griner received in a Russian court yesterday sent shockwaves through the basketball community and the world. We just heard some of the comments, the reaction, the outrage from her teammates and her coach, and we saw even more pouring in on social media. But now that the trial has concluded, experts say the negotiations for her release can truly begin. We welcome in now someone who talks to those experts, our investigative reporter, TJ Quinn. TJ, the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, on, and, on, and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov spoke Friday about Brittany Griner's verdict. What was your main takeaway on where things stand today? Well, it's remarkable in a case like this that they're talking at all. In the past, there, sometimes you'll have a statement from one side or the other, but negotiations are conducted very quietly. The fact that Secretary Blinken said last week the U.S. had made an offer in June to Russia, which we understand to be a prisoner swap, that was unprecedented. It was a big deal. It was also a sign that the U.S. was not happy with how Russia responded to it. Russia all along has kept saying, wait till the trial's over, then we can talk. They want everybody to treat the trial, which is clearly theater, as being real. But the fact that Lavrov, who is you know, the, really the second key figure in, in, in Putin's government, uh, that he said that, it means the negotiations are open. Uh, I mean, the, the one note of caution I, I give to myself and everybody else Never assume you know what's going on mm. uh, just from what you're hearing in the press. These things tend to be very quiet with, with deep channels we don't even know about.
TJ, I do think it is important for our viewers to remember that there's another United States citizen who is currently considered wrongfully detained in Russia, and that's Paul Whelan. And Whelan, a former Marine, was detained at a Moscow hotel December 2018, arrested on espionage charges, which he is consistently and vehemently denied. Why is Whelan's case an important layer in the negotiations to bring Brittany Griner back to the United States here? Yeah, Whelan's name has been key, and a, a, a lot of people have heard his name the last few months, in large part because Brittany Griner's representatives and lawyers keep bringing it up. Mm. The two cases have become linked. I spoke to Paul Whelan's family uh, a few weeks ago, his brother and sister. They were concerned that that Paul's case and Brittany's case um, are on two different tracks and that they might not be brought back together. But speaking to people in the government and looking at, at things that President Biden has said in the past few days, it's clear the cases are linked. The White House wants to bring them both back. Mm. Part of what you have to keep in mind is both sides have to defend whatever deal they do politically at home. So President Biden does not want to be in a position to bring one home and not the other because he'll get absolutely hammered for it. On the Russian side, what experts tell me is they look for proportionality in a case like this. We may think a woman who's arrested for a little bit of, of, of cannabis oil is not comparable to a man like Victor Boot who's doing 25 years as, a, as an arms dealer. Right. But you add Brittany Griner's nine years to the 16 for Paul Whelan, that's the same as the 25. In Russia, that makes a difference. Hmm. Interesting. TJ, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. We will continue to follow this story as it unfolds. But as TJ reported, we may not know about a potential prisoner swap to get Brittany Griner home until she's finally on a plane back to the United States. So we will keep you updated on NBA Today as the story continues to develop. I'm in one of the best zones offensively I've been in in my career. Who else but the king? L.B.J. And I don't plan on stopping it. Five, 56 points. 5-0 for the king. We now welcome in ESPN NBA reporter Dave McMenamin. Dave, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here today. The reason that you're here is because all eyes right now are on LeBron James and the Lakers as a potential extension is in the air. And you had some reporting on this yesterday. What do you think is most important for our viewers to know right now? Just that it was the first day that the Lakers were able to make a extension offered to LeBron James in earnest. Uh, he will be 38 years old when this contract uh, comes up, this one he has for next year. So that uh, NBA rules, the longest they could offer him is two years. LeBron James and Rich Paul of Clutch Sports met with Rob Palenka and Darvin Ham at the Lakers facility yesterday. And Rich Paul told me afterwards that they were productive talks and he expects them to continue. Now, there's no deadline looming when they would need to agree to this extension by not until June 30th. Mm. Uh, if he doesn't sign it by then, he'll become an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 2023. But all signs point toward both sides looking to extend their partnership together. It's already led to one championship in 2020. It's also led to two playoffs appearances where they didn't make it. But overall, 
overall, I think both sides recognize that they can help one another get to their mutual goal, which is to compete at a high level and stay relevant as both one of the best players in the NBA and one of the most most marquee franchises in the NBA. So productive meetings that are taking place, but no deal necessarily in place yet. I do want to bring in our resident big fella, Kendrick Perkins, because Kendrick said yesterday on the show, LeBron should wait because he should keep the leverage. Uh, Perk, how much of a distraction as he comes in behind us could it be if we get to training camp and a deal hasn't been struck yet it could be a huge distraction and i think it should be a right the right distraction for lebron james matter of fact i think he she should be disruptive look at the end of the day we're talking about one of if not the greatest player of all time we're talking about lebron james who's entering year 20 who uh, you know, who wants to win and compete for a championship. So at the end of the day, my thing is, if I'm Braun, now nah, he's not going to come in and be a headache in the locker room. Mm. He's not going to come in and be a cancer to the team. But what he should do is make Rob Palenka in the front office have on their mind what is LeBron thinking and hold them accountable to some form of aspect, meaning saying, hey, I'm just going to wait this thing out and the ball is in y'all court to uh, to see how y'all want to go about for the betterment of this team. Everybody in the world knows the only thing right now on LeBron James' mind is winning the championship. Right. He already has all the lettuce in the world. We just we just saw on Forbes that what was that Forbes where he <laughs> worth yep. one billion dollars. So he ain't worried about the contract extension. He's worried about winning more championships. Well, one thing that I think you said is key, and obviously the situations aren't comparable at all. But we talk about Kevin Durant, right? And if he is to remain in net at the beginning of training mm-hmm. camp, if he's going to show up, he's not going to be a distraction necessarily because you know that Kevin Durant is locked in on basketball. And I couldn't agree more with LeBron James, what you just said. He's going to come in and want to play. But Dave, you've actually covered LeBron in free agency, right, for multiple years. What can that time period be like on a team and an organization as a whole from your perspective? It can be disruptive because there are out, there is outside attention to the smallest mm-hmm. minuscule move, moves that LeBron James does. From sure. his body language to what he puts on Twitter to his unfollowing on Twitter. In 2016, months before the Cavs came back from down 3-1 to beat the Warriors in the NBA Finals, LeBron unfollowed a bunch of teammates, the Cavs organization, uh, on his social media accounts. And it was, <laughs> is this a clue that what's going to happen if the Cavs don't win it all? Well, the the return to Cleveland only be a two-year experiment with no ring and he'll mm. go elsewhere? These are the type of questions that come up. In 2018, same deal. He didn't sign an extension mm. prior to the season. Right. And it was kind of that final march in Cleveland. And you could feel it, especially it got right. a lot loud when they were down 2-1 in the first round against the Indiana Pacers. It was, is this the last we're going to see a LeBron as a cap? What do you think of that, Perk? And, 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 and the crazy thing, Dave is absolutely on point because I actually shared the locker room with LeBron James mm. in 2018 before he left and went to L.A. And look, I was one of, I'm one of his closest friends and the guy that was, you know, used to go to his house and watch games and, you know, whatever else we was doing when we went to the to the, the James's homes. But he would never even tell me what his next move was. So at the end of the day, this is how LeBron James uh, imposes his will on organizations by, one, being quiet, two, speaking in codes and sending subliminal messages. But does he follow your French Bulldog account? That's, that's what I want to know, Perk. 
No, but I no, but I hope he do. I wish he do one day so it could go through the roof. Hey, I saw that. I saw that you're you're doing just fine without that endorsement. We still have so much more to come though on NBA Today. You've probably seen it. Hashtag NBA Dunk Week. It's all over your Twitter feeds. But mm. Perk, he gives his best dunker in the game right now. And we ripped on him yesterday, so Kevin Pelton joins the show to defend his off-season grades, and we also go through who got the best and worst grades in the East. Plus, I heard it's somebody's 21st birthday, so we take a look at where the Ant-Man ranks in Perk's under-25 list. Keep it locked. NBA Today is just getting started. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. There's a feed. Scalabrini tipped it over to Jefferson. Oh! Defecting Tony Parker. Discovery has Shark Week. The NBA has Dunk Week. They've got Jaws, but we've got Jaw. Sorry, sorry, I I had to. Uh, You've probably seen the hashtag, hashtag NBA Dunk Week on your feed all week long. Let's be honest, though, nothing beats a great poster. So back here with Dave and Perk. And let's just start with story time. Perk, how old were you when you had your first dunk? Well, Malika, Dave, I was 13 years old in the seventh grade, and I was at Oldham Academy Middle School, and I remember it was towards the end of the game, and they was like, Perk, all we want you to do is don't come on the defensive end, just snowbird a little bit. We go outlet the ball to you. And I remember I had a – 
Y'all had a two-hand dunk hung from the rim like it was something spectacular. See, we have to, look, we have to remind people before you could just start dunking, you know, first it goes to, oh, can I touch the net? And mm. then it goes to, can I slap glass with one hand? And then you start slapping glass with two hands. Then you start grabbing the rim with one hand. Then you start grabbing and hanging from the rim with two hands. Then all of a sudden, it's over from there. So right. my first time dunking, I was in the seventh grade. But I also was abnormal. I was 6'6 six, six in the seventh grade. I was going to say, I thought I was tall at my 5'6 in seventh mm-hmm. grade. But I'm, I'm still working on touching the bottom of the net. How about you, Dave? How old were you when you first dunked? Senior year in yeah. high school. Tennis ball. <laughs> I was like 30 pounds lighter. Yeah. But sure. yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll count it. All right. Yeah. Let, let's talk about it's all good. It's, all good. it's okay. I, I clearly cannot judge. So let's talk about the guys who can currently dunk, though. Not saying you can't, Perk. But I, I want to know both of your favorite dunks uh, of this past season. Perk, I'll start with you. Oh, you know I got to stay on the dark side. It's only right. It's only right. Ja, ja Morant. Ja Morant, when he dunked against the San Antonio. Oh, not over him, but I was talking about when he got uh, the San Antonio Spurs. But I take that one, no. Listen, it was in the postseason. It was during the time where they actually needed this boost. And when he took off from outside the dots, look at the cuff in his wrist. I'm going with that one right there because it matters the most. But I had another one in mind. I'm going to have to talk with Mike Goldfarb about it. <laughs> okay, we will do. We will definitely have a little chat with producer mm. Mike Goldfarb. Dave, what about you? I mean, John dunked so hard on Beasley. Beasley ended up in Utah. That was, <laughs> that's a pretty good Dave. one. Uh, I'm going to go big man on big man crime. Joel Embiid, my MVP from last season on Jared Allen's Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jared. Just the ferocity of this broken play. Oh. Well, and actually, because Jared <gasps> is actually trying to contest that, too. It wasn't like he was making a business decision on that one. He Absolutely. was up there. And that's an elite defender that he's going up against. You get the hometown crowd into it, and it was part of a really Mm. special season for Joel Embiid. Again, should have been MVP. I love that dunk. That's the one for me. I don't dislike any of those dunks. They are all great, but what about Andrew Wiggins? Who thought that he could still, like, who thought that he had this in his bag on Luka Doncic? I mean, my goodness, I I did not know that he had that piece of equipment. Like, what is this? On Luka, does that make it better or worse, though? Uh, time and place. Time yeah. and place. That's the, the we're putting we're yeah. putting see and Draymond hyping you up with his little Yeah, no, I'm all in on that one, Perk. Yeah. And I I kinda agree. And it was in the postseason, but guess what, Malika? You mm. know, every now and then, Dave, I gotta host the show. They actually got my other clip on polo against the oh. San oh, okay. Antonio Spurs Please. with Ja. Yeah, it's time to run it. There it go right there. That's this is the dunk oh, I'm that's talking the one. about. Oh yeah. Uh, this no, is still wait. This no, is still, still Malik Beasley. I mean, it's the better angle. Of we it. know which uh, dunk you're talking about. Eventually, we'll get it right. It's. I mean, it's Friday, people. This is what happens sometimes. But you're welcome. <laughs> More Morant magic. When, so let's switch gears. Uh, uh, yeah, it, I'm just saying when Perk tried to host goes wrong. <laughs> I, this is what this is what we are telling the network right now. Uh, switching gears, Dave. Who's the best dunker in today's game? Just point blank. Period. Well, we just saw him dunk for the second time against. Oh, Malik. Uh, Sorry, Malik. I feel like I need to apologize to Malik. Against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's John Morant. John Morant is 
just mm. uh, it has springboards for legs and it, it sometimes it's dunking sometimes it's blocking a shot like he did against Avery Bradley last year against the Lakers one of the most remarkable plays of uh, athleticism I've ever seen uh, in person with my own two eyes I can't get enough of seeing John Morant attack the rim. Wasn't his dad who said he left his deodorant on the backboard? That I mean, like, that is just all-time quote for me as well. <laughs> Perk, who you got? I'm going with the Ant-Man. I'm going with Anthony Edwards. And look, the problem I, that I have with Anthony Edwards is he doesn't dunk often, but when he do, mm. it is something special. I think we need more dunking out of him. But every time that he does a, decide to go up and snatch the screws out, the, out of the rim, it's instantly a number one on top ten. So I'm going with the Ant-Man. I'm going to rep for a city that I used to live in, and I know, yes, in-game dunker versus show dunker maybe we could have that discussion but Zach Levine I mean just an absolutely excellent dunker we have seen him throw down some monster dunks particularly for his size what this team needs him to do he puts on a show from beyond the arc from in the paint Ooh, nice pass and then he's able to finish with something like that I mean oh, my goodness just light work I like that light well, work now we just need to see if we can get it to translate to the dunk contest that's that's the net can we get NBA Dunk Week to translate to the dunk contest in Salt Lake City. That's what I'm going to be looking for next. Perk, I'm not going to let you uh, host any more of this show, so I'm going to say coming up on NBA Today, who received the highest grade in Kevin Pelton's Eastern Conference offseason grades? He's here, and he's going to break it all down. Plus, Anthony Edwards once said he would soon be the best player in the league, so we're going to discuss whether or not that will happen in the near future for the newly 21-year-old and Hey, Big Perk, you want to give us a big list of players under 25? Do not miss where the Ant-Man landed. More NBA Today after the break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today. Kev, this B block just wasn't for you. I <laughs> so, with Kevin Pelton's Western Conference offseason grades being released, I want to play a little bit of chop it or drop it. They got a C minus for their offseason grade. <laughs> right. See, so give them a T because they're trying to tank to get Bowen Banyama and. Welcome back to NBA Today. So on yesterday's show, we went over Kevin Pelton's offseason grades for each Western Conference team. And let's just say our panel had some questions. So just to provide a little bit of context, to defend his marks, reveal his grades for the East, we now welcome in the most hated man of yesterday's B-Block, ESPN NBA writer Kevin <laughs> Pelton. Kevin, we actually are very, very thankful that you're joining us today. But there is a question that I know Kendrick Perkins had. He lost sleep over it last night, and that is, how did the Utah Jazz 
a team that had zero draft picks, traded Rudy Gobert, plus another starter in Royce O'Neal, and maybe moving the face of their franchise down. How did that team get the highest grade in the West? Explain yourself. Yeah. Please yeah, I think it's just a long-term outlook. Please. If you looked at where the Jazz were coming off that loss to Dallas in the first round, no draft pick, as you mentioned, out several future draft picks into the luxury tax in terms of their payroll, it was going to be really difficult for them to improve. So I think it was the right time for them to rebuild. And when you look at what they got, not just for Gobert, but also Royce O'Neal trading him to the Brooklyn Nets, you know, if you would have said before the start of the offseason, okay, they're going to trade both these guys, rebuild, maybe they get a couple of first round picks, maybe even three, to instead get five, three of them unprotected, plus a swap, plus the rights to Walker Kessler, who just got drafted in the first round. I mean, it's a historic, unbelievable haul. Obviously, in the short term, as uh, Dave mentioned, yeah, they're tanking. But in the long run, I think they're much better positioned for future success than if they had tried to kind of ride this out for another few years. Perk, does that make you feel any better? It I understand what, what Kev is saying, but he, here's my only problem. They still got the highest grade in the Western Conference. Like, mm. I can understand if you would have gave them a B and a B plus or whatever the case may be, but not an A, Kevin. I mean, I understand the draft picks, and I get it, right? Teams want to build through the draft and all this. But look, Utah, right, still don't know what they want to do with Donovan Mitchell. And again, we have, we have learned that – it, every every time a team you know have draft picks, it don't always pan out. Just look at look at a team like the Orlando Magic. They've been drafting forever and still haven't struck gold. Well, I think they struck gold this year, but it's been a long time coming. And I think when you look at an organization like the Utah Jazz in the city in the city of Salt Lake in the state of Utah, I think they kind of want to win now. Like mm. they want to have some success. They're still chasing the championship since Carl Malone and John Stockton. I feel like I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where Danny Ainge has a different philosophy that he's brought to Utah in terms of, you know, we're not going to chase that sort of short-term success that can trap teams sometimes in the middle and, you know, focus on going as big as we can in the future. I think it's kind of similar to the same hinky philosophy in Philadelphia. Of, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty about any individual draft pick. That's why let's get as many draft picks as possible because even if a couple of them don't work out, eventually we're going to hit enough uh, singles, doubles, home runs to, to make this a successful team. See, Paul Knight, I guess I, I understand where you're coming from, but for me, the hang-up is shouldn't they get the A when that pans out, not right now? Dave, is there anything else that you want to clear up from yesterday? Uh, listen, Tevin, I always enjoy the work you do, so I'm happy to discuss it on the show and read it on my phone. We're not ganging up on you, <laughs> no, I no, promise. I, I'm, I'm buttering, yeah. buttering you up really big here. To <laughs> say, though, I'm with Perk here that I don't want to reward that type of approach to the game. It's about being competitive in the moment. Fans are paying money. People are tuning into games. I want to see a team compete year in, year out. And I understand, you know, some say that mediocrity is the wor worst place to be in the NBA if you're chasing a championship because you're really further away from it if you are at the bottom of the standings. But have that happen a part of the natural cycle for a team. Don't break it down to the studs. And, and you know, who are the free agents that are going to get to come to Utah? And who, you know, you mentioned my, my guy Sam Hinkie in Philly. Had they not gotten Joel Embiid, a once in, in a decade type of talent, that's a complete disaster as well.
And so, I don't know, I, I like mm -hmm. having a team that, if I'm a fan, I want to go see them, I want to watch them every night, I want to see them be competitive. But maybe that's one of the, the positives I will, I will say about giving the A grade then. If, not, if no free agents, or if, if Utah is not a free agent destination, now all of a sudden when you own a bunch of draft picks, could they turn into something? I'm still not but, in on the A. Or you already have a defensive player of the year and an all-star in Donovan Mitchell. Uh, yeah, I'm not in on the A. I'm not defending the A, but enough, enough about yesterday. This morning, Kevin, you released your grades for the teams in the East. So I do want to take a look at a few of those, if that is all right with you. And I want to start with the Celtics, because they got an A after trading for Malcolm Brogdon, signing Danilo Gallinari. They lost Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, among others. Perk, let's start with you here. The Celtics getting an A. Do you finally agree with Kevin on something? I do. I do. And, I'm, and look, I'm not being a homer. I'm not being biased. But the additions that Brad Stevens and, and, and added for us this offseason were great additions because he didn't have to give up a lot. Matter of fact, he didn't have to give up none of his core pieces. Malcolm Brogdon in itself was one of, was a great move, arguably one of the best individual moves this offseason, you know, to a team that just came off of representing the Eastern Conference for us in the finals. Kevin, I agree with Kevin on this one. Kevin, anything to add there? Yeah, Perk and I are completely on the same page. The other thing I'd point out is, you know, Brogdon, in addition to being a good player for what they gave up, also just really a great fit for what they're trying to do there. Fits into the switching scheme, can play on or off the ball, incredibly versatile. So love that addition for the Celtics. And then the Nets, meanwhile, they added TJ Warren, trade for Royce O'Neal while losing Bruce Brown, Andre Drummond, Goran Dragic, Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, still free agents. Their offseason grade is a D plus. Dave. The Nets, they got the worst grade out of all the teams in the East. Only the Dallas Mavericks are above them, obviously, in the West. What do you think? Well, first of all, I think I would go incomplete. I know if you have to assign a grade, then maybe you're going to go on the other side. <laughs> oh, yeah, can side we do incomplete? Passing, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen ultimately with KD and Kyrie. That will ultimately affect their grade, so maybe they can turn in some missing assignments and have the uh, – the grade changed down the line. I also have a problem with what's a D plus? Like if you're getting a D, the plus doesn't matter. <laughs> Kevin, what what is that? What do they do to go from a D to a D plus in your estimation? <laughs> I, that's really my biggest question about that grade. It's like a slight upgrade to the, the grade point yeah. average, isn't it? It's, it's not quite as bad as long as you got that plus on there. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the aspect of it is I didn't love the Royce O'Neal move for them because he hasn't been as good defensively the last couple of seasons, has evolved into a really good three-point mm -hmm. shooter, but they've already got a lot of great three-point shooters on the wing. They need someone who can do that and also contribute and take some of the toughest assignments defensively. Uh, did like the TJ Warren pickup. That's a real you know flyer to see if he can get healthy this season. But still, as you said, so much uncertainty, and I think it affected their offseason. One of the great uh, folklores of the NBA. Well, it was real. I saw it in person. Mm -hmm. T.J. Warren, bubble T.J. Warren, was the real deal. So can he get back to maybe not quite that, but something like that? Uh, I do just want to check in, though, real quick on the other team in New York, the Knicks. They added Jalen Brunson, Isaiah Hartenstein. They lost Alec Burks, Kemba Walker, Taj Gibson, Nerlens Noel. All in all, they get a B+. Any problem with that, Dave? 
No, I like it. I obviously, I think there was a bit of an overpay for Jalen Brunson, but certainly he is a high, high, high-level role player verging on being a star type of player. And Hartenstein played in a bunch of big games for the Clippers last year. They were pretty much mm. um, fighting for their play-in lives, playoff lives for the entire second half of last season. And so that experience, you add that to the Knicks group, I like that a lot. So, you know, I, I'm okay with it. Uh, it was here, Kevin, we're agreeing. I, I like it. Good job with the Knicks grade. Perk, too high, too low? No, I think it's just right. I think it's Goldie just locks. right. I mean, because Jay, because here's the thing, right? Jalen Brunson is not a guy that's going to, like, take you to the finals. But he is a guy that you could pair alongside Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, you know, if they're going to still be there, we never know what's going to happen with the Donovan Mitchell situation. But listen, just those three guys alone, all of a sudden makes it eye candy. Jalen Brunson going to the New York Knicks mm. makes it eye candy. A lot of guys around the league, including stars and superstars, they would love to play with Jalen Brunson. He's the ultimate team guy. He's a combo guard. Doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. And that's a great addition. So I'm with you on that. I give him a B plus as well. Not to mention they still have R.J. Barrett, who is very, very talented. I do want to show you guys the rest of the mm -hmm. grades that Kevin handed out for the Eastern Conference as a whole. Perk, take a look at this. Hawks yeah. B, Bucks yeah. B, uh, Magic B, yeah. 76ers A. Are there any other questions, look long and hard at this, that you have uh, for Kevin Pelton? Uh, oh, it's a lot of questions. There's two of them in particular. Look, put us back on. I need to see Kevin face. Okay, Kev, <laughs> for the life of me, I don't understand this. How did the Milwaukee Bucks, I got two concerns. One, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? I think them adding Joe Ingles, uh, and I know he's coming off an ACL injury, but an ACL injury is not what it used to be 10 years ago with the technology that we have. So now you're bringing in a guy that is, you know, bring a certain type of tenacity, a guy that also could initiate the offense and play off the ball, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, you know, that fits in well around Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. And then you go out and you, and you re-sign Bobby Portis for not even a high dollar amount. You're able to retain him. And now you have all your core pieces coming back along with Cuttington. You get him back as well. I'm like, they deserve an A. And then if I need to go a step further, the Atlanta Hawks, Kev. So I'm going to look. I'm, I got to pile it on you. The Atlanta Hawks deserve an A. When they acquired... Uh, Murray from the San Antonio Spurs and you look at pairing them up with Trey Young and you didn't have to give up DeAndre Hunter. See, DeAndre Hunter to me is the unsung hero in this situation that nobody talks about. He's the guy that is the ultimate two-way player. He has shown us throughout this postseason and last season when healthy, he's getting better. Yeah. And so you still have Clint Capella to anchor your defense. Those two in particular, is very disturbing that they didn't get an A from you. Yeah, I think the Bucks. the big question is, can Ingles stay on the floor defensively in the playoffs enough to take advantage of the shooting and playmaking? And uh, Atlanta, still want to see how the fit works out with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Saw them play in the crossover here in Seattle last weekend, but, you know, Murray's not a great three-point shooter. If he's spending a lot of time off the ball, can he be as effective as he was as an all-star last season? 
I'm going to stop the KP on KP crime before it keeps going. I feel like you guys <laughs> have come to somewhat of an understanding here, right? Right, Perk? We're good? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we're always good. I just had a, I had a few concerns. A few concerns, but you're going to sleep tonight. I'll go tonight. back to sleeping. Okay, yeah. good. No, yeah, I'm no. going to sleep and I'm going to snore loud as hell. <laughs> you know what? I believe you. Still to come on NBA Today, Kevin Pelton, thank you so much. Anthony Edwards is one interesting player, but see where Big Perk ranks him in his under 25 list. More NBA Today after the break. Once I hit one shot, it's over for anybody. I feel like it don't matter. They're like black Jesus. <laughs> I just want to have fun, man. I want everybody around me to have fun. I had Popeyes at the game. It makes the peanut butter and jelly, it goes better together. But I knew I couldn't get no lines because I ain't got the house for it. But I knew how I'd be bowling. I'm really good what? at bowling now. Oh. I could have went to the MLB. But I was fourth, fifth hitter. You know what that means. Straight clean up on aisle three. Come, come get it. Just try to power dunk it every time to put even more fear on them so they don't want to jump it off. Can you swim? Yeah, like Michael Phelps. Oh, Tennis, swimming, trash can ball, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. I bet I'll be A1 from day one. A1 from day one. Welcome back to NBA Today. We've got a birthday to celebrate, and it's a special one. Anthony Edwards, happy 21st birthday. Such a long career ahead of this man. For this young man, and the best part is, he thinks so too. Uh, did you guys see the quote that made the rounds the other day that he said? Uh, if not, I'm going to show it to you. Because in an interview with Complex, he was asked, where do you rank yourself among the best players in the league? And this is how he replied. I just want to make sure everyone sees this. He says, I need another year. And after this year, I think I'll be in the best player conversation. Just one more year, and he thinks that he is going to be in that conversation. So, Big Perk, what do we think? I think he's right, and I see nothing wrong with it, and he has my full support. You got to love this kid confidence. Okay, Anthony Edwards was the number one pick. Mm. Anthony Edwards is very, very talented. So if he believes that he actually has the opportunity to be the best player in the year after this year, I'm with him, and he does. The sky's the limit for this kid. And you want to play with this type of confidence, and you want to play with this type of work ethic. Dave? He has all the tools. He's a three-level scorer. He can defend out on the perimeter and at the rim. And he's done everything quickly, right? One year, Georgia, number one pick. It was only in the league a short amount of time. Make some noise in the postseason. Why not think this way? Confidence is the biggest X factor when it comes to stars in this game. And Mm -hmm. I think he will retire by the time he's done with an MVP award on his mantle. And so at some point, that means he will be the best player in the game. You like that, Perk? Mm. No complaints out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then why don't we do this, Perk? I'm going to give you the floor. Mm -hmm. I want to know your top five players under the age of 25. Takes away, starting with number five. Oh, here we go. It's big perk, big list, and it's not one big man on there, okay? (laughs) Coming in at number five. 
My top five players that are under the age of at, uh, under the age of 25. At number five, guess who I'm going with? Who? I'm going with Anthony Edwards. Okay. Yes, Anthony Edwards. Listen, when we talk about one of the most electrifying players in the game today, that is him. When we talk about a guy that gets to the rim and finish around the basket with the best of them, that is him. The one thing that I want him to do is be more efficient. Going to number four. Jason Tatum, 610, one one of the best scores in the game today. Your efficiency is nothing on the offensive end that he can't do. And guess what? Now his rebounding has picked up his leadership. At number three, I'm going with Ice Cold Trey. Ice Trey, listen, this is a guy, a man, a young man that led the NBA last year that had the most points and most assists. One of the most disrespected young stars in the game today. And at number two, of course, I'm going to the dark side. My guy, John Morant. Look, a combination of Russell Westbrook with his athleticism, passing ability like Rajon Rondo, and his craftiness of a Kyrie Irving. He has the potential to be the face of the league. But guess what? Someone trumps mm. him, and his, his jersey number is number 77. Luka Doncic, team whack body. He's not <laughs> cut up, he's not chiseled, but he can't be guarded. I call him a baby LeBron minus the athleticism. That is my top five guys that are under 25 in today's game. Any issues, Dave? I love it. I'd shuffled it up a little bit. I put Tatum a little bit higher, put Trey Young a little bit lower because I don't think he brings the defensive side like the rest of you guys on that list. But that's my five. Just like you. And number one, Luca. Number two, Ja. Well, there's a couple of guys, though, that aren't mm. on the list that stood out to me. I think Zion is one that comes to mind. Brandon Ingram was the first one that I thought of. It's a tough decision to make. I'm not sure I would bump anybody off the list, but I would be curious after another year, a little more experience under some of these guys. Like, Evan Mobley's coming. Like, he is coming for that list. What do you think, Perk? You, you know what? They're my honorable mention, and it was hard to leave Brandon Ingram and Evan, Mo- Evan Mobley out. Evan Mobley, look, Evan Mobley has the potential to be the best big man in the game. And that's saying a lot with Jokic and Embiid. And we know how talented DeAndre Ayton is and things to that nature. But when you talk about Evan Mobley and how versatile he is and the things he's able to do on the defensive side of things, he has the potential in the next two or three years to be the best big in the game today. I mean, one of the best young teams in the game today. Isn't Jared Allen under 25? I mean, that is a stacked young team that is coming out of Mm. Cleveland right now. Uh, still to come on NBA Today, though, he's not under 25, but he did have some comments this afternoon, Steph Curry did, after being called one-dimensional. So don't miss that. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. Now it's time for today's WNBA Corner presented by Google. Things are heating up in the W. We are under 10 days left in the regular season. So here's today's search trend provided by Google. Searches for WNBA playoffs 2022, they spiked 2,000% in the U.S. on Tuesday and Wednesday. The top five seeds, they have clinched a postseason berth, and the Dallas Wings have a nearly 97% chance to make the playoffs. But the rest, it's going to come down to the wire, the Liberty Dream, Mercury, Sparks, Lynx, they have just a game and a half separating them all for the final 
two spots. So here's a look at the standings heading into tonight. It's going to be a tight finish, not only for who gets into the field of eight, but what team will finish with the number one overall seed and secure home court throughout the playoffs? That is a big question. We've also got a tight race all over the place. Sunday, we'll get to see a WNBA doubleheader with some of the league's top teams on ABC and the ESPN app, 1 Eastern, noon Central. The Sun, they square off against the Sky. Then the Aces take on the Storm. What an afternoon of hoops on ABC. We have to shout out the NBA Foundation, whose second anniversary is tomorrow. This is the league's first ever charitable foundation dedicated to driving economic opportunity for black youth. And the foundation aims to increase access and support for high school, college-aged, and career-ready black men and women. And so far, the foundation has awarded over 150 grants, totaling more than $53 million in 28 NBA markets. It's pretty cool. So, back in the NBA world, former Brooklyn Nets player Mike James. He had some, I feel like it's fair to say, questionable comments about the now finals MVP Steph Curry. Take a listen to this. My top five off of like, obviously you got to perform and kill and all that. That's number one. But then like, I got to look at your game and just how you do it. And Steph, like how he plays and how he gets stuff off, just it's just kind of one-dimensional at times, if that makes sense. One-on-one like -on -one versus you and any of the campers here, what does that look like? <laughs> oh, it's all bad for them. All bad for them. Um, even as one-dimensional as I am. <laughs> so I'm, I'm petty, dog. <laughs> I'm so petty. <laughs> oh, I'm so petty. Keep it going. What does Richard always say? You got to stay petty so you don't got to get petty, Perk? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and as if he needed any more fuel to his fire <laughs> right. to go out there and prove people wrong. But look, I'm going to say this. Steph Curry offense is his defense. I just don't want that to go over a lot of people's heads, okay? His offense is his defense. Think his, about it. His offense is his defense, but he's also put on a bunch of muscle this season. We saw him what do you say, Perk? Slide those puppies on the defensive end? Yeah, yeah, shuffling them puppies. He was sliding them puppies. What do you think, Dave? I mean, of all the times to go at Steph Curry, the summer of 2022, Mike James, what are you doing? And I loved Mike James yes. when he was on Brooklyn a couple years ago. He's got a ton of layers to his yep. game. But to go at that guy now, I, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, I, I covered Mike James when he was in the Brooklyn Nets locker room. I really enjoyed him. Not actually, yeah, I was going to say I'm not so sure I agree with him. I'm very sure I don't agree with him on this one. But, I mean, Steph, he's been living it up at the camp that he's been doing. It's been awesome to see him with the campers. Let's take a look at some of that. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that looks like a really one-dimensional player not. <laughs> oh, you're not going to say that the, there's no defense here like in the Drew League, Malika? Come on. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> is that Brandon Jennings out there? Oh, yeah. Look at that. That, that is a Brandon Jennings sighting. Right, oh. Let's also take a look at Jason Tatum this summer. I thought, Perk, you play a whole lot with your kids. What do you think of this? Out there with Deuce, 
Deuce is lining up his shot, making sure he got it just right. What? Ah, <laughs> oh, give me. That's, it's only right. It's only right. Listen, as a dad, when you have a son that's involved and want to play basketball, no matter the age, I don't care if they're one, you always got to make sure that you beat them because it's going to come a time that you're not going to be able to beat your son. So you got to make sure at all times he understand that. I love that moment by Jason Tatum. No Get that out easy of your buckets. I mean, we see all the tender moments they have on the court, and then we see that's what happens in the summer. <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. NFL Live is coming up next, and we will see you next week.